Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution creators of Fuse. Fuse is the software that skyrockets retention for your agency, boosts your policy per customer count, and makes your clients love your agency. I can attest to that because I've been witness to comments that Fuse users have shared with Agency Revolution during their uh, during the COVID crisis, and um, and they have shared freely how it has allowed them to make strong connections with their customers when they most needed those connections. And you can do that without having to hire staff, programmers, or technologists. If you haven't done this lately, please take a moment, visit agencyrevolution.com, check the software out, and request a demo and find out why agents and brokers are, are raving about it. Now, today's conversation, I'm excited to bring you into this. Uh, my conversation with, is with Jason Kolb. Jason started programming at age 12. He published his first book on programming at 16. He became a serial entrepreneur in the technical field with successful exits, including one to Cisco. He was attracted to the insurance space because, let's face it, there's obvious room for improvement that can be brought by technology prior to founding Days Technology. Jason was the founding CTO of Uptake Technologies in Chicago. Uptake reached a valuation of $1.2 billion in 15 months and was Forbes' hottest startup of 2015. I'll say a couple of words uh, about that, uh, about our conversation in a moment. Um, but first, let me put this into some perspective. What am I trying to do here in general? I'm trying to give you an unfair advantage, and I'm attempting to do that by bringing you into what I think are, I hope, <laughs> some of the most intelligent conversations, some of the most forward-thinking conversations, and some of the most strategic conversations in the insurance industry today. And I, uh, I do, uh, the podcast, you'll notice, they kind of split into a couple of categories. One, high-level strategic, and I think that's important right now because in turbulent times, strategy is more important than ever, and the role of the principal is much more the navigator and the strategist than it is in peaceful, quiet times. And these are not so much peaceful, quiet times. When it is, then you can really win the marketplace by focusing often on operational excellence. Well, we need operational excellence, but we also need to be forward thinking. We need to be connecting with the consumer in the world that they live in right now. And we need to be navigating ourselves in the world that we live in right now. So we need to understand what are the tides, what are the currents, where are the storms? And so I'm attempting to bring you insight on those. My model that I use in these cases is Michael, Michael Porter's five forces model. Uh, in particular, uh, there are 
three forces that I think we need to pay attention to. Changes in consumer behavior, changes in competitive behavior, and changes in possible new entrants and sure techs that are coming in, um, and in some cases, the unfriendly insure uh, techs. Um, and then I also want to obviously want to bring to your attention new tools, new technologies that can help you navigate those changes. And we can also we often uh, we often get insight on those from uh, startups, from vendors, but also from successful peers. The other category, the other big category, is much more practical. I call it practical, tactical things that you can put into place that. Um, are um, uh, sometimes relatively easy, sometimes with fairly rapid results, and uh, they tend to be more tactical, less strategic. And so uh, I'll often turn to, again, to successful peers, uh, maybe, maybe even your own competitors, and um, subject matter experts in those areas. So uh, I do think to uh, a large extent, we are now moving past phase one of the COVID crisis. And so the nature of the conversation that I'm delivering to you is um, going to be making that switch as well. And so now we can focus on not just getting through the crisis of uh, and the disruption, the chaos, the confusion, the anxiety, but really focus on what to do now. Now that we're getting some sense of what the world may look like. So that's where we're going. And I, uh, before I bring you into this conversation, I'll turn the tables and ask you, think about this and then reach out to me. Who do you want as a guest? Who would you love to hear from that I may have access to? What topics or subjects would you like me to focus these conversations on? And do you know somebody who might be fascinating that you could help me gain access to? Reach out to me. LinkedIn is a fine way to do that. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Reach out and follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. And now, without further ado, it's a privilege of mine to introduce you to today's guest, the founder and CEO of the Internet of Insurance, Jason Kolb. Jason Kolb, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Michael. So, um, relatively new in the industry, but now enough experience to probably uh, put some, uh, as I know, some fascinating insights together. Let's start by, uh, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. So, uh, you know, I, I know you as the founder and CEO at the Internet of Insurance, uh, Days Technology, etc. But um, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, if you would. Sure. Well, I am a, um, a geek. Uh, now I like to consider myself an insurance geek, but uh, I grew up a technical geek. So I actually started programming when I was 12. Um, I learned from my dad's college textbook. I wanted to learn to program games. So I wrote a game programming book on 3D games at uh, 16. And then I got into the, the contact center industry as a developer. I worked my way up to director of IT. Got really interested in data analytics, started one of the first web-based analytics companies, uh, ran that for a while, sold that to Cisco Systems, um, worked for Cisco for a few years. Um, and then prior, prior to days in the Internet of Insurance, um, I was the founding CTO of a company called Uptake in Chicago, which does predictive analytics on big industrial machinery. It's an IoT company. Um, so we, we grew that, and in the year and a half that I was there, we grew that to over a $2 billion valuation. We were Forbes' hottest startup of the year. 
Um, but I, that was my first exposure to insurance. Um, and I just fell in love with the space. We were looking at it as a go-to-market channel for our IoT product. Um, and I was a part of that team. And as a technologist and as an entrepreneur, I just became fascinated with the industry. Um, you know, the, the more I looked at it. And so I ended up leaving and, and starting um, this company. And really what I wanted to do was, was create a platform. I, I didn't see any legitimate industrial grade technology platforms and in insurance. And that felt like a huge opportunity. I didn't even know which problem I wanted to solve uh, when we started this company. Um, and it's a, you know, a credit to our, our seed investor, Employers Mutual out of Des Moines, they gave us the charter to go figure out how to help agents. Um, you know, everybody's kind of worried about um, independent agents going away. And, and um, I, you know, my, my perspective on that has changed somewhat. I actually think they're in the driver's seat in the future, but that, that's what our charter was. So we started, you know, I built this platform, which um, is amazing. It's 100% cloud-based. We built it from scratch uh, and it's running some amazing products today, but we set out to build some things for agents. Um, and so we actually got connected with some large agencies early on. In fact, most of the agents that, that you know, our, our earliest agents were kind of in the top hundred in the country. Um, so ANSI and Associates uh, is, was really the pioneer there and um, hats off to Mike for being, uh, you know, a visionary in the space and, and being willing to, to try things. Um, but, Yes, and, and following on them, um, you know, many of the top 100 agents in the country in terms of size, but we, we basically partnered with them. And in fact, we've, we've got an office, um, you know, in Wisconsin inside of an insurance agency just for that purpose. So our product people can sit next to, the, to, their, to their employees and, and really understand their problems at a deep level. Mm -hmm. um, and we've arrived at, at, at some you know incredible technology incredible solutions and you know i think maybe even more importantly i've met some incredible people along the way um agents are i, I love talking to agents they are entrepreneurs they are you know ambitious and driven and uh they they also like to have fun which is ah uh, yeah <laughs> so throw on top of that this is a very exciting time so <laughs> <laughs> it is it is and you know we got we were um going to be speaking at multiple events throughout march april and may um i was actually supposed to be out at the the california big eye uh, uh -huh. in, in hawaii and that, that got canceled just recently um but uh, yeah, looking forward to reconnecting with all my agent friends um, and carrier friends as well uh, once, once this all blows over. Okay, so I'm going to circle back to a couple of things you said. One was I just wanted you to give a definition of the term platform. Sure. Yeah, because it is very much an overused term, um, but it means it actually does mean something at the end of the day. <laughs> um, so a platform is the, the technology that you can't see that that other things are built on top of um and you can reuse those capabilities so you know for example we were just talking about uh before the show when twitter launched they were an open platform you could build twitter clients on top of twitter you you know people were programming all these right. bots um it was a platform for other people to build things on top of and, and to connect to other services um you know they've they've gone in a different direction over time but you know, Salesforce, another example of a platform. They, you, you can, they started out as mm. a, a sales mm -hmm. engine, but now you can do accounting. You know, they've got full agency management systems on there. You know, 
there's ton, you know, the list goes on, but at the end of the day, it's the same underlying platform. What a platform really allows you to do is leverage the investment you've made in technology in new ways. So you can start to compose these solutions using building blocks that you've already invested in and built. Um, so we've got the internet of insurance, which is our distribution system, for example, but we also have a claim system that sits on top of the same platform and you get kind of integration for free and they reuse a lot of the same components. You know, so we've got collaboration, for example, in the internet of insurance that allows agents and carriers and policyholders to all communicate in real time. That's also in our claim system and it's the same underlying code. We didn't have to write that twice. It might look a little different. But that, that is a platform where you're building the capabilities once and you can use them just in, a, in an exponentially growing number of ways. All right. So in a bit, we'll, uh, we'll go back to that and we'll talk about how you're solving problems for agents and carriers with this platform, right? Okay. So uh, you also said something that caught my attention where you said that uh, I think now that you've been engaged and you've rolled up your sleeves and, and dug into this industry, um, I think you said something like uh, a lot of people are have, have uh, talked about the agent going away, so to speak. Uh, but you think the agent is in the driver's seat. So I do. Sh share your perspective on that. Okay. Because I, mean, I think a lot of agents... Um, are, uh, are, are somewhat anxious and concerned about the future. There's, a, there's certainly a lot of turbulence going on right now. Um, but uh, my, my loyal listeners who've really absorbed, uh, you know, some of the high level stuff, and the, it tends to be kind of high level stuff, will recognize that over, let's say the past 20 years, perhaps 25, um, more power, as reflected in where the revenue dollar goes, has shifted from the carrier to the agency, not the other way around. So, uh, so I'm curious now, from your perspective, what, what, why do you say that? Why do you think the agency's in the driver's seat? Well, if, if you think about the role of the agency and the agent within insurance, it's really to sell insurance and then be kind of the frontline customer support, right? Mm -hmm. And and the and the and the really sophisticated agents also do some kind of frontline underwriting. But they, they ultimately control where the business goes um, at the end of the day. And up to this point in time, they haven't really had effective tools. Um, the, the carriers have been the ones who've been making the technology investments. And you know, it, it, the, the, the price of technology has come down so significantly over time. I don't know if you remember when the internet first came out and people would have websites and they'd spend millions and millions of dollars on them. Now you can go to Squarespace or, you know, and get a website for, I don't know, 40 bucks a month or something. Right. Um, and the same thing happened And this. This is my observation coming into the industry, you know, for, for four plus years ago, the carriers were the ones who made that, you know, paid millions of dollars for websites early on. Mm -hmm. And so the agents didn't have the resources to do that. Um, and so they kind of, you know, that, that put the carriers in the driver's seat to some extent. Now, with technology marching on as it always does, the price of technology is coming down and you've got these tools that were previously only available to carriers or insure techs, and they're becoming democratized and available on a broader basis, which means now there's a level playing field on the technology front. So now the best agents, the ones who know how to really sell insurance and the ones who are smart about where they place the risk, 
they have the tools to be able to compete at those high levels. So some of the things that we see agents doing in terms of digital marketing and distribution is, is um, you know, it's remarkable the kind of the ingenuity. I mean, truly, this is not, at the end of the day, it's a technology, a technology problem. Technology is a facilitator. It's what you do with it. And the agents are the ones who know this industry. They know how people work. They know how to sell. They're, they're, they understand the psychology of it. So by putting the tools in their hands, they're doing things that no insure tech is going to think about or, even, frankly, even be able to do. Um, and then, you know, the, the carrier ultimately, the, the carrier needs the business. So that what, they, what they need to do is offer excellent products, and excellent service, and make it easy for the agent to then send them business. Um, and yeah. Uh, so you've been in the industry four and a half years, strong tech background prior to that, right? Like yep. whatever, 20, 20 plus years, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and so um, over that span of time, four and a half years, have you noticed a transition in the agency's perspective towards or adoption of and mastery of technologies? Yes. Um, it's been really interesting to watch. When I first came into this industry, you know, full-time and started inspecting it and seeing if it was something I wanted to get into, um, agents were looking, you know, you've got your AMSs. It, it didn't look that different from what it looks like today, but the mentality has changed completely. So you've got your agency management system and then they start, you know, they're kind of looking at ways to, to uh, improve the, the online experience. So maybe they'll try a chat bot or, you know, some way to automate, um, you know, emails um, and, you know, maybe uh, try to do forms and, you know, online forms, for example. What, what, and the difference is they were looking at it as, as kind of incremental changes to their existing model. Now what agents are doing is looking at where they need to be. Um, I think, and I think the difference is you've seen so many of these insure techs um, come out of the woodwork and it's, it, it's a fundamentally different way of thinking about how you bring business in the door and distribute it on the back end. Many of them are, you know, fully vertically integrated like Lemonade where they've got the agency, you know, and the carrier. Right. Um, but, Agents are looking at this and figuring out how they compete, what their competitive advantage is and what they look like, you know, in two years, five years, 10 years. Um, and it's in, instead of thinking from what I can bolt on to my existing process, what, what should I be and, and how do I get there? And it's making them more ambitious and there's a lot more options now. Than they're, than they're okay. Used to be. All right. All right. So let, let me feed this back to you and see if I'm getting your perspective right. So I can certainly think I've been in the industry a lot longer than you have. So I can certainly think of times where I think that most if you ask most agencies what their agency was going to be like in the future, the answer would probably well be like, you know, kind of like it is now just bigger. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and, and, and so uh, it would be, you know, we, we, master certain things tactically, but I think what you're suggesting is that the influx of technologies into the industry and perhaps other factors as well have caused uh, at least forward thinking insurepreneurs to be thinking strategically 
right? Mm -hmm. Like what, like what, the big strategic question, where are we going to play? And so, um, so, so you think it uh, opens up the future in a new way? I do. I mean, think about it this way. When the iPhone first came out, nobody was thinking about apps and social networks as a, as a core part of life. Now you your day starts and ends with your phone. Um, and it, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the, and, and I think, honestly, I've seen this accelerate tremendously over the, you know, 2020 because of the pandemic. And then, you know, a lot of the following events that have just caused, like it, it's ripped the bandaid off on, on change. Um, people are forced. I, I think it accelerated us two years into the future to be honest with you. Oh, okay, oh, got it. Oh, you think COVID has accelerated uh, the pace of change? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, right, right, okay. So I, we'll, uh, we've got consensus on that one. So, uh, so I think maybe you're also saying not only uh, has the future opened up, so agents can think strategically about how they want to be in that future and win that future, but I think you're saying that they also have to think strategically about how they're going to be in that future and win that future. Yeah. That's, that's they, so, that they, they can't, they, they, they can't, they, they can't just be like they are now. You um, can't stay where you unless are. Unless they're very, yeah. I mean, even a modern agency now is not a modern agency 12 or 18 months from now. Exactly. It, like this is going to force a quantum leap and I see it happening, you know, firsthand. It's, it's, it's no longer, you know, an innovation roadmap to kind of do some of these things like, okay, we got to change right now and the and the availability of these tools so it's just okay i thought we were we were this was on our 12-month roadmap i guess we're doing it this week okay so uh, all right so um this is a critical point I, want, I wanted to dig into this one for a moment so this notion of COVID accelerating change what changes do you think it's accelerating well if you look at what's happening with in the equities market for example um, is, is pretty clear kind of what's happening. Anything that can move an offline process online, it, its adoption is just skyrocketing right now. So, um, you know, you've got um, the Workday, um, Zoom, Netflix, you know, all, all of these, these businesses that, are, that have made things that used to be offline available online are seeing massive adoption. And um, it's, it's forced because that's the only way that you can operate. Now, I think that's going to be changing slowly over time. But now that people are forced to, forced to go implement some of these things, they're also seeing the opportunities in them. So, you know, how do you sell insurance when you can't go walk into the customer's office? What's, you know, if, if you're forced to do that, and okay, so I guess I can't, you know, take them out for drinks after, what is the what does the proposal look like? Is there a way that I can start upselling additional coverages? Can I make this multimedia? We should do a video that's talking about this coverage. This is pretty okay. Neat. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So 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 um, so let me see if I'm catching you right here. So I think that we could say, as I probably said for ten years, that the world is going more and more remote. Okay. So that's one consideration. It's going more. Uh, online, less offline, and uh, and then boom, we have a pandemic, and the notion that someday we're going to go there is no longer a useful notion. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yes. the, the only notion that's useful is that we're going to go there now, right? 
Okay. Absolutely. Uh, okay, but both in terms of remote work, but also remote communications with the marketplace. So now, the the strategic agent is thinking, gosh, um, you know, maybe my team will go back to work. Maybe they won't. Set that decision aside. But a couple things I've noticed. One is that a lot of my clients don't want to meet with me, right? So I need I need another way to be in front of a stream of you know ongoing stream of clients. And two, I'm actually able to deliver some real value using remote technologies. And so, uh, you know, I don't have to fly to Chicago. Uh, I can stay here. I don't even have to drive, you know, downtown to have an appointment with somebody. Uh, there might be some sacrifice of intimacy, but I could probably jam in five conversations during instead of just one. And so, there yep. are, so you know, obviously there are efficiencies built in there. Uh, there are also, I think, a, 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 I'm proposing that as agents mature in their skill level in remote communications, they will figure out how to deliver as much intimacy, humanity, transparency, authenticity using remote technologies. Uh, and in some ways, if they really focus on it, they might be better at that and be able to deliver more of that than they were in the old school. 100% agree. Okay, with that. so I wasn't asking a question. I, I was on my soapbox again, but I, I wanted to see if you were on that soapbox with me. Well, and, and, and you know, I think that the other thing that's been really interesting is it's been agents have been finding new types of opportunities. They've always kind of done it, but it's like, okay, how do I take this thing that I do really well and scale that up now? Okay, so so, so let, let, me, let me give you an example. All right, so I, uh, so here's one. I had a, I had an interview with a uh, with, with an agent, uh, you know, just the other day who um, was um, the president of a long-standing agency. You know, probably been in business since 1937. Uh, one small town, one small state, and boom, now 14 states. Like you know, now that could have been done. Um, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but now it can be done very quickly. Yes, that's right. You can expand your footprint. Um, you can compete. And I think what the, the thing that really interests me is to watch how agents are competing. Yeah. Every, every time you talk about digital, um, digital sales, everybody thinks pay-per-click search engine optimization, the traditional ways of doing things. What I see as yeah, it's, 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 it's funny that you're calling pay-per-click like a, tr a traditional way of doing things. Okay. You, <laughs> you, might, you, might be, you might be ahead of some of the listeners. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I would at least say uh, that when a lot of agents think about uh, like selling insurance online, often what they're thinking is why aren't more people buying insurance off of my website? Mm -hmm. um, it, well, one, they don't have the technology to do it, but you know, it, it, like that would be the dream is like, oh, I want to have a super groovy website and money's going to fall out of the clouds and, you know, out of the sky and, and magically appear. And, yep. and we know that ain't right. That's exactly right. Although we, we do give agents that ability to do that on the website now, but in yeah, terms of, yeah, like, yeah, but it doesn't magically fall out of the sky. Exactly. They, they, they got to drive the, they got to, they got to, it's not just, uh, where are we going to play? It's also how are we going to win? And they're exactly. going to be able to drive traffic there. Okay. You don't build it and they, and they magically come, right? <laughs> you, may, you may get some, but what, 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 the, what agents, I think, can do that no insure tech can do. Well, 
I shouldn't say that. It would be very difficult for an insure tech to do. And people aren't competing in these areas are specialization. So any, ask anybody that's been around internet marketing for long enough. The way that you win is through specialization. You don't go after the, the you know, I want insurance keyword. You go after the keyword that says, I want restaurant insurance in Grand Rapids, you know, yeah, whatever. Fine dining restaurants in Grand Rapids. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's not, uh, wait till Geico sees what I got up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And, and agents have ways to drive that traffic that nobody else has. They have, like, the thing that I've realized about relate, uh, agents, they have the relationships. And those relationships are a powerful, powerful tool if you deploy them properly. Um, and I, we can get into some of those ways if, if you're interested, but those, it's, it's built up over, it's an asset that's built up over years. And I think uh -huh. agents inherently know that and carriers inherently know that as well. Right. Um, that customer relationship, you can turn that into lots of business. Yeah. Okay. And, and that supports my longstanding premise that there is a significant insurance demographic that values relationship. Oh yeah, especially as you go up market, right? Yeah, and, yeah and right. And, and, and as you, yeah, okay, got it. All right. So, um, all right. Before we get off of uh, kind of, uh, this is a big tech question, and you're a terrific person to ask this of. Um, perhaps told the story on this podcast more than once, but when I was, uh, you know, the founder of a startup, InsureTech startup, Agency Revolution. Uh, we tweaked our sales process over and over again, and I think finally we got to the point where, okay, boom, this is a this we got a good, efficient, effective sales process. But uh, never got over the fact that no matter how good our our selling process was, my marketplace, independent insurance agency principals, really didn't have a terribly good buying process for technology. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they bought, uh, you know, an agency management system eight years ago or, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, they, uh, clearly they probably had purchased more washing machines or more cars. <laughs> right. I mean, they knew how to do that. Uh, right. You know, there, there, there was a there was a way that they do that. Right. They're, they've been buying cars since they were 16. Uh, but now technology critical for running a business, uh, critical for delivering efficiencies, critical for uh, multiplying and amplifying your reach in the marketplace, uh, really important decisions. And so we saw a couple of things happen. Uh, one is because in the, abs uh, in the absence of a process, they could make bad decisions, or in the absence of a process, there was enough anxiety to make no decision. And so, you're not the first person I've asked this question of, um, but you know, I, I, tend to, I, I tend to ask people who are full-time technology people what, what, they would, what they would suggest. So if you were gonna, gonna guide an insurance agency principal, I, I, I do divide this into a couple of categories, that, uh, top level and kind of you know, um, in the weeds. Top level is what categories of, of technology should I invest in to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, you know, it's like, because typically a lot of the exposure is uh, the constant inbound barrage of phone calls from tech vendors, right? And so that's how we sort of learn haphazardly, right? 
Um, and so there's categories that they need to be aware of. And then when they say, all right, I, I really am interested in this category, then they've got the secondary decision, which is, all right, now I've got half a dozen vendors or three vendors in that category that are calling or that I'm researching and I need to make a decision about vendor selection. So what it seems to me that they need good criteria and a good process. What would you say to our listeners about that? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I really feel for people who are trying to sort the signal from the noise in, in SureTech right now. Um, there is a lot of noise out there. Um, but I like the way that you asked the question, which to me really is, you know, my background is as, you know, CTOs of, of startups, you know, traditionally data-driven, which I think done right agencies are. Um, you know, how would I approach this? And to be honest, it's still kind of early days when it comes to, I, I, I really believe this, the, the insurance technology landscape is going to look radically different in two years. In two years. Okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, all right. So we'll, we'll, let's circle back on my question and uh, yeah. explain that one first. Well, what's happening in insurance is what's happened in a lot of other industries. Historically, you watch these big kind of mon uh, traditionally, you know, large companies, Fortune 500 would run on a, a mainframe, for example, and that was their operational system and everything. And a lot of carriers are still this way, by the way, you know, runs through that, that mainframe. Um, yeah. What happens, you know, so this happened before with ERP systems, for example, um, financial systems, they start to become kind of unbundled. And you end up in an ecosystem of best of breed products that tend to work together, right? So, you know, it, and so for example, if you want to do sales automation, there's, you know, a couple market leaders out there that I would start looking at because I know they're going to be around. I know that I can integrate with them. Um, and most likely anything that I want to use down the road is also going to be able to integrate with them. So like Salesforce, for example, you can do put your entire sales process on sales. Now there's wrinkles in that, that you don't necessarily get out of the box. And that's why it's still somewhat early days, but right now, as most agencies sit with an agency management system and probably a couple, a couple of peripheral products, the the strategic business direction that they need to have is really around which markets they want to attack. And then the, the needs are going to flow from that. Are they going, you know, are you going big into benefits or personal lines? Um, how are you going to, going to go after those markets? Are you going after the volume business where you need to be able to quote volume and not touch it? Are you going after mid market? Cause that's going to change your near term technology needs. And then kind of what you said, the, the market assessment, honestly, if I, were, if I were in the market, the very first thing I would, I would do is ask for a demo so I could see if it was real. So, uh, well, and you also mentioned something else, which I, I would think would be perhaps one of your criteria, that they're going to be around, right? So, yeah. uh, uh, I, you know, I, I <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I mean, yeah, I, I was a startup CEO. And so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm grateful to our early clients because, you know, we're all taking a risk, right? Let's hold hands and jump off the cliff and, and you know, hope everything yeah. works out okay. Uh, and, and so, yeah, at some point that the issue of stability, financial banking, those are serious issues. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. So it comes down to, yes, are they, are they a stable company? Also, a lot of times 
when startups are going into a space is because there's really no solution for that problem out there. So is the problem going to, if, if, if that goes away, is it going to destroy your workflows? Is there a backup ah, plan? I would yeah. absolutely ask about that. If it's something on the periphery, you know, if you're, um, yeah, I'm just going to pick an example here. You, you've, you've picked a vendor to send out postcards, um, you know, to, to customers and that stops, you know, your, your world does not stop spinning. Um, you can right. always replace that. And a lot, a lot of times with startups, that's what you're getting. And so I think there, there's also an opportunity if you, if you really have a unique idea to partner with startups, because they will move heaven and earth to make you successful. But again, you have to know what you're signing up for because you're going to need to give them a lot of information, a lot of support. I mean, these are new startups, right? That are just starting yeah, yeah. But, but typically, uh, startups, you know, smart startup CEOs or C-suite people will bend over backwards for the early clients because they get so much value from mm -hmm. that experience. Absolutely. And they can't afford, you really can't afford to mess up your early clients. Right. So yeah, they're, they're your, they're your uh, references. They're, they're your quotes, you know, that you put on your website. So it's, it's very, you're very much aligned in, in, in being successful together. Got it. Okay. So um, anything else about buying technology? It's a hard, it's a, it is a hard process. Um, yeah, I would, I think, and I've seen the big eyes getting more involved with this. You need to have an organization that has, the ability to vet technology. Um, I think that you, I would make a decision right up front. Am I going to be in, let's say a year or two years, am I going to be cloud-based or am I going to have a team of people who keep my servers running? Um, if it's cloud-based, there's a different, you know, there's different sets of questions that you want to ask. Mm -hmm. This is just due diligence, right? You know, yeah. it, it's cloud-based. You need to be asking about security, disaster recovery. What happens if you do go out of business? you know, all those things. Um, so you can make sure that you have a business continuity plan. Um, I would be looking at the on-prem versus cloud and then working with the, the big I or some other trusted party to help ask the right questions. Cause it's not something that, that an insurance agency should even be worrying about. Got it. All right. So let's talk about the problem you're solving for the industry. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it, it, at the core it's connectivity. Um, I, when I came into the industry and to this day, believe that the internet is going to completely change the way that this functions. The, you know, it's, it's changed every industry that has come into so far, and it's just starting to get into insurance. And what that means is not necessarily driving traffic from the internet, although that's a part of it, right? Growth is always great. But it's really about the connectivity between the different parties. So if, if an agent and the policyholder have a digital connection, whatever that means, if it's an app or a website or a phone system or a chat bot on the policyholder side, and there's some way to get that into the agency's workflow, you can change the way that you're interacting. You can deliver better customer service, more growth. And then if that is then connected to the markets on the back end, whether that's, you know, and a carrier traditionally, whether it's a carrier or a reinsurer, for example, and then the other party that I, you know, has, has recently come on really strong in this are, are kind of intermediaries, whether those are aggregators or MGAs, um, you know, kind of the, the, and some of these large group of groups of agents who are owned by private equity companies. Um, if you can connect that, then you get the ability to do some really interesting things that you couldn't do before. 
you can start to coordinate premium and organically consolidate books. Um, you know, there's some really interesting things when you have the ability where every leg in that connectivity journey is not filled with friction and manual work. Now you're freed up to do, to play some what if scenarios and actually go do it. Um, All right. Uh, so let's do, uh, let's do it this way. <laughs> All right. Um, paint a picture. Create a vision for what this could be like two or three years from now, and then let's work backward to, like how how far um, is the evolution of the of this solution now? So yeah, so yeah. I'm actually gonna let me let me describe what it is because I was talking about the concept and what kind of excites right. me about the internet and connectivity. The internet of insurance connects agents, carriers, and policyholders, and we've got lots of different ways to connect into all those. So for the agent, we've got a digital storefront that they can use to sell insurance right on their website or with partners and affinity programs, for example, policyholder interface. We also have an agency interface where they can manage their workflows, the submissions, take, you know, exchange data with, with underwriters, carriers, policyholders, route the information and the submissions to the right places. Um, then on the carrier side, we've got an underwriter interface. So in our cloud environment, we've got a, a place that underwriters can log into. They can triage submissions, see the data, collaborate in real time with the, with the agent. And that's just one way that we connect. And I'll tell you what we spent the most time doing out of anything that we've done in the existence of this company is building out not just the underwriter interface, but five other ways to connect carriers into this. So regardless of the way that the business comes in the front door, whether it's from a website or a producer or a CSR, we can send that to a carrier in six different ways that'll work for everybody. And we make that transparent. So the agent doesn't have to worry about it, right? So they just worry about selling the insurance. We worry about getting it to the carrier in the way that the carrier needs to get it. Mm -hmm. So rating APIs are a very popular one, right? You see that all over the place. There's a lot of folks doing that. But then also things like sending forms, PDF applications for, to get into Turnstile and AppReader. Um, we have we invented this thing called interactive emails where we're actually exposing a lot of the functionality of the cloud system right in the email itself. Um, we have our own hosted real-time rating engine if carriers aren't even close to having it for themselves so to expose. Then we also have our own APIs, the carriers who have an IT department but no public rating engine can use to get the submissions and post quotes back. So we've, we've developed lots and lots of different ways for carriers to plug in, and that's today, right? Um, now I'm gonna answer your question about two years from now. Yeah, what, what, is the, what is your vision of the future look like? My vision of the future is that carriers are free to create new, unique, innovative products, which agents are hungry for, by the way. Um, whether that's in a vertical, you know, pet insurance or vet, you know, or, yeah. or if it's something completely like, you know, we've got a carrier that we're working with on uh, a workplace violence cover, right, for bars, for example. Um, and agents love it because it's a, it's a check, it's a, it's a chance for a touch point with the customer. It's, it grows the lifetime value of the customer. Um, and so it, it, the problem is these products really haven't had a, a, a really easy way to get back to the agent and ultimately the policyholder at this point. So in my, in my utopian vision for the future, there's all these 
these companies creating products, whether they're MGAs or carriers, it doesn't matter. They're creating the, pro the products that the agents can sell. And then we're automating that sales process so that the agent has the tools that they need to walk into a customer's office and go through it very quickly, very easily, you know, have an E&O checklist to get the declinations, place it with the right markets. Maybe some of the quotes they get back in real time, others they have to wait for an underwriter to go look at it. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're getting all the coverages that you need to sell to the customer in their hands, whether it's a producer or a policyholder doing some sort of self-service work. Mm -hmm. Got it. And it, uh, uh, Jason, it's my understanding that you've got uh, some relationship with the Big Eye, Big Eye National? Not the Big Eye National, although I love those guys and I know them yeah, well. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, we're working with uh, lots of the states. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what we've done, um, and this kind of you know, is another thing we didn't really touch on in the technology buying decision, but um, we've, we've created an arrangement where we're actually giving this to the, to the Big Eye members and no additional, as a member benefit. Um, so it's no cost to Big Eye members um, to use. And we're, you know, so we're, we're launching this with multiple states. We've already launched in Wisconsin and Minnesota and continue to work with them closely. And you'll, you'll be hearing about others here soon, but it's really a win-win. Um, so their members get all these capabilities. Um, we're also setting up for a lot of these states, their own um, agency storefront. So as, as you know, most of these states are in fact agencies themselves right. <laughs> and they sell E&O, EPLI, cyber fraud. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I used to run a, a, uh, the, uh, one of the trade association affiliates. Okay, too, so. okay. There you go. There you go. Been, been around that block too. Okay. But so, so to you know, help them understand the, the, how this helps their members and to get them hands-on real-world experience with it, we're setting mm -hmm. them up. You know, their own internal agencies, so they have their own storefront, and it's easier for them to digitally sell insurance and get you know get real experience yeah. with it. So um, it's been a ton of fun. They've been tremendous partners, um, you know, and uh, you know especially Wisconsin was really the first. Matt Banaszinski over there is a is a great guy, um, and tremendously helpful um, on a regular basis. So they've been tremendous partners for us, and really we just want to give value back to them and their and their agents. Um, they you know they're their members are our friends. You know, our business model is very much aligned with making them successful. So it's mm -hmm. been a great partnership. Mm -hmm. All right, terrific. Okay, so Jason, it sounds like you're pretty bullish on the independent insurance agency system. I, I don't think you've seen anything yet. And I can't wait to be public with some of the stuff that, that agents are doing right now. Okay, terrific. So um, if a listener wanted to find out more how can they either re reach out to you or reach out to the company? What should they do? Just, uh, you can either go to our website, internetofinsurance.org, or uh, feel free to email me, um, and I will make sure to get you in touch with the right folks. My email is real easy, jason at deis.com. That's uh, J-A-S-O-N at D-A-I-S.com. And uh, yeah, I, let me just ask a, tech, a silly question. Uh, what's the difference between Internet of Insurance and Days? Yeah, the Internet of Insurance is a product built on top of the Days platform. Got it. We, al we also have, for example, a rating engine claim system. Um, and, you know, our ultimate vision is building towards an out-of-the-box. Um, if you have a product, set it up, and it, you don't have to worry about anything aside from the product and servicing it. Got it. All right. 
Uh, Jason, <clears throat> you've been generous spending time with us and I appreciate your insights on, uh, on, on technology in the industry. So thank you very much. It's been fun, Michael. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.